Good morning, everyone. Welcome to First Things First. I'm Jenna Wolf. There's Nick Wright. Kevin Wilds, all smiles this morning. Greg Jennings is with us on a Tuesday. We got a fun show for you today. Big Ben found a way to recruit me. Ask Nick. That is not an easy feat. LeBron James came this close to being a cowboy, and Cam Newton came uh, like came like came like that close to being a Charger. That's where we start this morning. How close is that? Let me tell you. Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn admits oh, the video. team did take a look at Cam this offseason after losing Phillip Rivers, but they felt and they feel better about who they currently have. Tyrod Taylor, Easton Stick, and recently drafted Justin Herbert. All right, Nick, cross another name off the potentials list for Cam Newton. You think the Chargers made a mistake by passing on Cam? Oh, I think they made multiple grievous mistakes this offseason, and I feel badly for Anthony Lynn, a coach who I think is a good coach and a really good man who I think is going to end up paying for these mistakes with his job by the end of the season. The Chargers had an opportunity to strike some fear in the hearts of Chiefs fans, yours truly included everywhere, had they gone down, Jen, I know you love sliding doors, had they gone through a separate sliding door this offseason. Free agency started off great for them. They get Chris Harris. They supplement the tackle position with Brian Bulaga, an underrated move adding Linval Joseph. They then had to figure out the quarterback spot. Had they signed Cam, and they keep Tyrod Taylor as Cam insurance in case Cam gets hurt or in case Cam's not fully healthy, then with that number six pick of the draft, instead of reaching for Justin Herbert, they would have been able to take Isaiah Simmons, the stud do-everything, I don't even know if it's fair to call him a linebacker, out of Clemson. If you had Isaiah Simmons and Derwin James, two guys who can play safety, linebacker, slot corner, to maybe the two most versatile defenders in the NFL next year, to go along with Boson Ingram, to go along with Casey Hayward and Chris Harris, all of a sudden you have a monstrous, looming, ominous defense to deal with the Chiefs, plus Cam at quarterback and those weapons. Instead, they end up reaching for Justin Herbert at six. They still needed that linebacker, so they trade back into the first round with the Patriots actually to get a linebacker. And now they're going to be doing a quarterback project, whether it's Tyrod for a few weeks and then Justin Herbert. So I think Anthony Lynn, unfortunately, is going to end up fired. I think the Chargers are going to be on a quarterback carousel and Wilds. I think they made a huge mistake not doing something where I think they could have been a double-digit win team again had they gone with Cam, draft Isaiah Simmons, and go that route. Nick, have you ever seen the video of Shaq being pranked on Inside the NBA. It's April Fool's Day, and they do a list of top 10 centers. And it goes Kareem and, and Russell, yes. and then it starts getting to Jack Sikma and, and, like, Brad Miller, and Shaq gets up, and he's about to tear the set apart. I feel like Cam can watch that video and say, is this exact same thing happening to me right now? Is this one big prank being pulled on me by the inside the NBA staff, which is really odd because they play for the NFL and I don't see any cameras. But if we can put up the quote that uh, Anthony Lynn had about how he felt about Cam, he says, Tyrod Taylor, Easton Stick, those are guys that a lot of people don't talk about. Stick was Division I AA. 
He won like three national championships. Heck of a leader, heck of a professional. I think he's got a bright future in this league one day. Okay, um, sure. But with him, Tyrod, and knowing that we had an opportunity to get one picking six in the draft, turns out to be Justin Herbert, all those decisions came into play when we're talking about Cam. And look, Nick, we look at Easton Stick. I love any guy named after a baseball bat. Easton Stick and Louisville Slugger from uh, OGC are really the only two that I know, but I love them both. Easton Stick had a great career. <laughs> a little Carson Wentz, probably. Back-to-back championships, 29-1, and and led FCS in total touchdown. So maybe he's great. But if I'm Cam Newton, and now I'm looking up on YouTube who Easton Stick is, because that's who I can't get a job from, it's just bizarre, and it feels like an April Fool's Day prank to me. <laughs> And listen, I'm not here, Jenna, to pick on Easton Stick, but people might say, oh, back-to-back national championships in college. What North Dakota State does is win national championships. The last 10 years in one AA, they have won nine of them. So if you play quarterback for them, you're going to win a national championship. But here's what the Chargers have, Jenna, at quarterback. If you took Tyrod Taylor's escapability, Easton Stick's collegiate resume of winning— and Justin Herbert's size and Frankenstein's monstered them together, you know what you'd have? Cam Newton, who they could have just signed and not dealt with any of it. <laughs> so unless they're going to do some biology experiment on their three quarterbacks, they probably should have just happen. signed Cam, Jenna. You know what, Greg? Nick and Wilds, they got points. There's a little disconnect from what Anthony Lynn said to what actually happened. Anthony Lynn said, hey, we looked at Cam. We took a great look at him. He was an MVP. He led his team to a Super Bowl. He's seemingly healthy. He's a tremendous player. But you know what? We're good with what we got. We like Tyrod Taylor. We just drafted Justin Herbert. We're okay with the kid named after a, a baseball bat. We're, we're great. We're fantastic. Do you think this team made a mistake passing on Cam Newton? I, I do. I really do think they made a mistake. And for all the reasons that both Nick and Wilds made, when you look at if you took these three quarterbacks and you throw in Justin Herbert, you took all four of these quarterbacks and you, they didn't have a team and they were in a draft together, you would not select any one of these quarterbacks over Cam Newton. That's the problem and the issue that I have for with it. I don't care if Tyrod Taylor is on your roster or Easton Stick is already on your roster and they have a rapport with the coaching staff. That means nothing when you can upgrade and you can get a better quality, proven individual at the quarterback position to run your offense. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know what's going on with this whole Cam Newton situation. I don't know where he's going to end up. I hope he ends up somewhere this year. But I, the Chargers could have definitely gotten better had they acquired Cam Newton and given themselves a shot to really potentially be the team that tops off the Kansas City Chiefs in that division or gives them a run for their money. You're right, Greg. There, there's something turning teams off about Cam Newton. I don't think anyone can put the ex- point their exact finger to it. But where does that leave us now, Nick? Where does Cam Newton go now? All right, so I think there's three buckets of types of teams he could go to. And I'm still not closing the door on New England. I think once the doctor, once Cam can travel and meet with doctors, I think there is still a, oh, you're excited about that. I thought you were a javelin guy, Wilds. Now you're all, we're going to all of a sudden be seeing photoshops of Cam the catapults catapulting over Jared the javelin, but it's neither here nor there. I still think it's possible that he ends up in New England. The, 
So the three buckets would be teams that don't have a viable starter. That's New England and Jacksonville. That's one bucket. The next bucket would be teams whose viable starter is about to start qualifying for senior citizen discounts. That's Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay. I know we don't talk about Tampa, but you got a 43-year-old quarterback and a new system. And then the last bucket is teams whose starters they might fall out of love with. That is San Francisco and Buffalo. So those six teams, New England, Jacksonville doesn't have a starter. Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay have an old man starting. And San Francisco and Buffalo are ready to win right now and might have questions about their quarterback position short or long term. So to me, Greg, those would be the three groups of teams I could see him going to. Yeah, I'm not closing the door on the New England Patriots either. I, I, you hit it right on the head. I truly believe that if, if this team and this staff and their medical staff could actually physically see Cam Newton and work him out, see how he's moving, see his health, assess that themselves, I think that they would reconsider that situation. Um, there, there's one other team that I think he could go to, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I don't think that would be a smart move for Cam, the businessman himself. I don't think that would put him in any better position to then move on the following year and acquire a better situation for himself. So I don't see him doing that. All right. Well, at least we know there are a few viable options out there that we can see. So the waiting game continues. A healthy lifestyle should be easy, right? Eat veggies, drink green smoothies, exercise, get your heart rate up, and do yoga to bring your heart rate back down. Well, maybe not so easy, but there is something that helps improve everything, and you can literally do it with your eyes closed. It's sleep. Sleep Number knows what it takes to sleep your best. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed lets you choose your ideal firmness, comfort, and support on each side, your Sleep Number setting. It's the perfect solution for couples. These beds are so smart, they respond to your every move and automatically adjust to keep you sleeping comfortably all night. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. And now... For a limited time during the Memorial Day sale, save $1,000 on the new Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed, a queen, now only $17.99. You'll only find Sleep Number at Sleep Number stores or by visiting www.sleepnumber.com. Back here, first things first. A little drawn to blank now. ESPN released their biggest position upgrades of this NFL offseason, and coming in way up there at number two was Tom Brady replacing Jameis Winston on the box. I, I mean, that is if you consider going from 30 interceptions to eight an upgrade. I do. Nick calling Brady replacing Winston the second biggest upgrade of the offseason is blank. A drastic overstatement. And Jenna, we're 15 minutes and 22 wow. seconds into the show, and we haven't had a list yet, so let me remedy that right now. Here are the seven moves of the offseason that were bigger, a bigger upgrade than the one seven. Tampa made at quarterback. Number seven, Cleveland Browns switching out Chris Hubbard for Jack Conklin, the tackle from Tennessee. Number six, 
the Bills upgrading Isaiah McKenzie to Stephon Diggs. Number five, the Cowboys upgrading Christian Covington to Gerald McCoy. Number four, Philly, Ronald Darby for Darius Slay. Number three, the Colts switching out Marcus Hunt for DeForest Buckner. Number two, the Cardinals upgrading Demir Bird to DeAndre Bleeping Hopkins. And number one, the biggest upgrade of the offseason, the Kansas City Chiefs upgrading an injured 2019 okay. Patrick Mahomes, who all he all could right. do was win Super Bowl MVP, but not regular okay. season MVP, to I mean, a healthy, fully functional 2020 Patrick Mahomes. Those, Greg Jennings, are your seven biggest upgrades of the offseason. I would have Brady to the Bucks coming in at number eight. <laughs> Look, this is like a, a minivan car rental upgrade. Like, I'm with Nick. I don't think it's that huh. high up. But it's one of those moves where as a family and you're you're trying to convince your wife to get a minivan, she's not going to have it. But you know and she knows once you go on vacation, the number one option is going to be that minivan. Why? Because it saves gas. It, puts, it <laughs> allows you to put every amount of luggage in there. It's the most convenient thing. And it, it's more bang for your buck. This is what the Bucks decided to do. They didn't go for the Ferrari. They didn't go for the SUV. They went for the most convenient, the thing that would protect their family, the team the most, and add value overall, not just individual. So I can't knock it. I don't agree with it, but it's the minivan car rental. I mean, Greg, I love that. Every vacation, I turn to my wife at some point and say, should we just buy a minivan? This thing is fantastic. It's got an outlet right? in it. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I'm going with um, robot-approved Jenna. You know how I feel about robots, mechanical beasts, soullessly trying to take over the world. But when it comes to the Madden checkdown simulation, I'm pro-robot. They've got the Bucks going 8-0. and So I'm really changing my tune on robots now, guys. Besides that Boston Dynamics <laughs> dog thing that chases people, I'm okay with robots right now. 8-0 and o for Tom Brady and the uh, Gronkineers. All right, good stuff. Still no to the minivan. Uh, on to the Cardinals now. They're all-pro cornerback Patrick <laughs> Peterson recently said, quote, this is probably the best football team I've been a part of on paper. And everyone knows paper covers rocks, so they should be good to go. Nick, the Cardinals ceiling for the 2020 season. Is blank. Jenna, just real quick, I know you're why you're concerned about the minivan. Don't worry. That illegal parking placard that you have in your fancy car, you can that just is, easily switch that not, out and put it in the minivan. So you can park anywhere in New York City with what whatever it, car you have. So no, I put it in the back that, of the car. But I don't put it in the, the front. Question, oh, yeah, you could put it anywhere. You could tape it, whatever. Don't worry about it. All right, but the answer to the question, the cardinal ceiling for the 2020 season is the seven seed, which in 2020 gets you into the playoffs. Now, I have the Cardinals upgrading a tick to seven and nine. I think they are in an incredibly difficult division, and I I don't think they are going to be the seven seed. But if I have them winning seven, they could win nine, and nine should be enough for the seven seed. Sorry, a lot of sevens and nines in that answer. It's a little confusing. I don't think they can win that division. I think San Francisco and Seattle are far too good. But could that be a three-playoff team division in a world that we now live in where there's three wild cards? It could be. So I say the ceiling is the seventh seed and getting into the playoffs, Greg Jennings. 
I say they have about a 10 to an 11 foot ceiling if you're looking at it from actual ceiling heights. And the reason why I say that is I think they can get to about 10 wins this year. They weren't a terrible team last year. They just didn't know how to win. They obviously had a young rookie quarterback. You now supplement him and add another weapon and get him some protection up front. Defense plays sound. They could win some games because of the magic of that quarterback player that you have that makes a difference. I actually like the That's Arizona right. Cardinals this year. I don't think they win that division, but I, I like Nick, it. I saw Nick, I saw your uh, seven and nines. I'm going to double you up. Get ready for this. So you've got them seven and nine. Kyler Murray has the ninth best odds for MVP. Now, if you flip them to nine and seven, that's how many games you need to win to be in the MVP conversation because, stay with me, in 1997, the Lions went nine and seven and Barry Sanders won the MVP. So they need to go nine and seven for Kyler to be in the running. <laughs> and he has to run for 2,000 yards, probably. Yeah, yeah he probably has to get, do something like Barry did. <laughs> Can't win the MVP at nine and, and seven as a quarterback wilds. Bad historical yeah. integrity. That's a bad job. It's a bad Call him a Barry Sanders did it. MVP. It's a bad take. Sorry, Wilds. Oh, running Barry backs Sanders can do it. Running backs, we don't account for wins. Look up the look. Somebody get Wilds. Tyler can a, run. He's almanac. running quarterback. A sports almanac. Okay. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Bleacher Report released their stat predictions for every projected starting quarterback this season. Hashtag time on their hands. Uh, they got Patrick Mahomes finishing with over 5,000 passing <laughs> yards, 34 touchdowns, six interceptions. Nick, Mahomes' projected stats for this season are blank. Ted Cruz, far too conservative, Bleacher Report. Get it together. The 5,000 yards I can get behind. But in what world is Patrick Mahomes healthy, only going to throw 34 touchdowns? I would say it's probably going to be closer to 40-ish touchdowns. And I actually think those interception numbers are going to be higher. It, listen, the Chiefs are going to start off, we've already documented it, 12-1 and one next year. And so at some point during that long winning streak, he's going to probably try that behind-the-back pass he's been working on. Another left-handed pass like he broke out against the Broncos uh, in his first Monday Night Football start. Certainly some no looks. Some of those are going to end up being picked. So I would say the 5,000 yards is right. Let's call it 41 touchdowns, nine interceptions. I think Bleacher Report's being a little too conservative here, Greg. I think they have every reason to be conservative, and I think they're actually on par. And the reason why I say that is because when you're dealing with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you really don't know what numbers to throw out there because he can be that special. But just, just so we can understand this, for them to say he's going to throw 5,000 yards, I don't think that that's being conservative. They, they are definitely heading in the right direction there because we've seen him do it in his rookie uh, season. Obviously, it was his year two. But the 34 touchdowns, I think he gets somewhere between 34 to 39. I don't know if he gets to 40. The, the six interceptions, I mean, I don't care how many interceptions you throw as long as you don't match it like we seen last year for 30 for 30. So... Uh, I, I like the numbers. I think they're on par. Jen, I thought this prediction was almost perfect. 
I mean, we hear Nick how optimistic he is. We now we see how optimistic Bleacher Report is. I personally am not that optimistic as the two of them. If we can put up my predictions for the year of what I think Patrick Mahomes is going to do. You know, attempts, they spot on. Big coincidence. The completions, again, spot on. Passing yards, you know, I'm just, I, I, I'm just not as high as everyone else is on Patrick Mahomes. I got him at 5066. Oh, it's an amazing I do have 34 and 6. Uh, very similar. It's just a coincidence, but, um, you know, I'm very not as high well on him done, as everybody else is, Jen. Very well done. Spot on. Let's end with some LeBron James, shall we? Who revealed that during the 2011 NBA lockout, the King was considering playing in the NFL. Was even offered a contract from Jerry Jones. It's been tossed around for years, this idea that LeBron could have played in the NFL. Though by my very, very, very low standards, I feel like he's doing just fine in the NBA. But Nick, LeBron with the Cowboys would have been blank. Devastating for Jason Witten. Jason Witten, who's going to have a very controversial Hall of Fame case here in five or six years. If LeBron gets there in 2011, uh, Jason Witten misses out on 600 catches, 6,000 yards, and 36 touchdowns. And his career is halved. Because if we all know anything, we know this, that if LeBron James showed up uh, you know, in, in Dallas, Texas, he's taking Jason Witten's job. And so it would have been devastating for Witten. It would have been awful for the NBA. It would have now, we could have, I, what, what would have been very interesting is if LeBron James was on the practice squad for a year and a half, would we have people who covered him 25 years later then go on television and be like, he was this close to being an all pro. I just know it. If he just got a few more snaps, like we saw him, I can't remember what is, who said that about what, what, doesn't matter. It would have been devastating for Jason Witten, Greg Jennings. I, I said devastating as well. It would have been devastating for the National oh. Basketball Association if LeBron James oh. had went to football and played football. Simply put, he deserves to be on that hardwood. I'm not saying he's not an athlete and he couldn't have played football. I'm sure he could have. I'm sure he would have been spectacular. But it would have been devastating for the game of basketball. Nick, I put uh, LeBron to Kansas City. Like, if we're living in this dream world where LeBron's playing for the Cowboys, I'll just take it a step further and imagine him playing alongside Mahomes <laughs> and what sort of mental escape room you would have to be in every Monday when things didn't go perfectly to plan, and then you would have to figure out if you got LeBron here and Mahomes here, I don't know what you would do. Well, just if I may, <laughs> just in a quickly, I'm sorry to, but uh, can we please put some respect on Ricky Seals-Jones and Deion Yelder's name, the second and third string tight ends for the Chiefs. Like, even as great as LeBron is, he's not unseating those guys. The Chiefs roster's very good as is. I don't even have to mention Travis Kelsey. So, I mean, listen, taking, maybe you could have taken Jason oh, Prime, boy. Jason Witten's job, but he's not unseating Deion Yelder from third string Chiefs tight end. Get the hell out of here with that, Jenna. When Ben Roethlisberger suffered an elbow injury in week two last year, you know, the one that required season-ending surgery, the Steelers' 38-year-old quarterback made a vow. Take a listen. I'm not going to shave or cut my hair until I can throw a football again. Like throw it, like, to a toddler or throw no, it? No, like throw it to one of my teammates, like a legit NFL pass. I love that the... 
I love that the follow-up was like to a toddler. Uh, look at this. Big Ben back up tossing passes to actual teammates, not toddlers, which means the big burly bear of a quarterback can finally shave. Nick, you know me, I can very, very, very easily swayed. This hype video actually swayed me. I went from Ben's done to Ben's going to win the MVP in about 13 seconds. Uh, what do you expect out of Ben Roethlisberger this coming season after how much he missed and all of it, the surgery and everything last year? A little weight gain. Yeah, the, the the hype video didn't sway me nearly as much as it swayed you, Jenna. To answer the question, what I expect out of Ben Roethlisberger is not much. And it's nothing against Big Ben. He's first ballot Hall of Famer. He's been to three Super Bowls. He's won two Super Bowls. The only thing missing from his resume is a league MVP, one that I thought, in fact, I picked him to win it a couple years ago. But the only part of that whole, everything you said at the beginning, I shouldn't say the only part, the most important part of everything you said was this one number, 38. It's how old Ben Roethlisberger is. And we should not be fooled by a couple unicorns in Brady and Breeze. Historically speaking, 38, not 40, 38 years old is when the vast majority of quarterbacks are done. Here's the complete list in modern NFL history of quarterbacks that have good to great years age 38 or later. Brady, Breeze, Peyton Manning had one, Brett Favre had one, Kurt Warner, John Elway, Warren Moon. If we expand that list to age 39 or older, Peyton, Warner, Elway fall off it, and it's just Brady, Breeze, Favre, and Moon. I don't think it's realistic to expect Ben to be excellent when you look at his contemporaries from the same draft class. Eli's done. Phillip Rivers appeared to be done last year, and the Colts inexplicably just gave him $25 million. And Ben's coming off an injury, and on top of it, I don't love the weapons he has on offense. Wilds, I think it's the least talent Ben Roethlisberger has had around him on that side of the football this whole time with the team. So, no, I don't expect, you know, even with a well-manicured beard and a well-manicured hype video, for Ben to be excellent or even close to it this season, Wilds. Jeez, I think he's going to be better than you think, Nick. Um, I thought this whole hype video was a big loss for nerds. Like, all we hear about is analytics are taking over sports, right? There's, now there's no mid-range game in the NBA, and there's so many shifts in baseball, and it's home runs and strikeouts. It makes that unwatchable. But Big Ben was throwing a microchipped football that had spiral velocity or spiral something and velocity, and he said he was at 65%. His whole comeback was a science, and everybody's like, whatever. And then he's like, I shaved my beard. I could throw again. Like, he's back. He's back. So the nerds took a big L on this one. I don't think that Ben needs to be that great, Nick. They were at eight and eight. His collection of backups had 18 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, and one bonk on the head. They only threw the ball of 186 yards a game. So if he's better than those guys, I think they can compete, Jenna. I love it. The beard was holding him back. It was all about the facial hair. Greg. What, uh, what do you expect out of Ben Roethlisberger this coming season? Uh, first, uh, the beard was definitely not holding him back. The beard enhances everything. Um, second, <laughs> I, I expect... Oh, you know okay. what? I, I agree with Wilds on this. <laughs> I agree with Wilds on this. This is a really good Pittsburgh Steelers team, which is why they were still able to go 8-8 eight and eight and almost edge themselves into the playoffs 
without Ben Roethlisberger, without a healthy all-year Juju Smith or Connor. So if you can get these guys back in the fold and get your quarterback healthy and he can participate in all your games this year, we don't need him to be the Ben of old. We just need him to be Ben Roethlisberger, who can elude tackles, who can make some plays, who can put us in positions where we can win games. We know that the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is for real. They will win enough games to get themselves in position to make a potential playoff run. And then all cards are off the table, off the deck or off the table and anything can happen in the playoffs. But I think Ben Roethlisberger would be just what the the doctor ordered for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. But, Nick, even if he is healthy and ready to go, the Steelers are no longer the darlings of their division. It's a much more competitive division. You think this team, as it stands, could make the playoffs? In order to make the playoffs, they're going to be better than Cleveland, at the very least, and I don't think they are. Like, Baltimore's going to win that division. Barring something catastrophic happening to Lamar Jackson, and with their backups, RG3, and we saw RG3 on this show say very pointedly to me, he thinks he's still an NFL starter. So maybe even if something happens to Lamar, Baltimore could piece it together. But set that aside. Baltimore's going to win that division. So the question is, who's the second best team, Pittsburgh or Cleveland? And I believe it to be Cleveland. We, we, talk, we talk about Pittsburgh's 8-8 eight and eight last year in heroic terms and the Browns 7-9 and nine in catastrophic <laughs> terms. The Browns upgraded at quarterback, had a better, I'm sorry, upgraded at coach, had a better offseason. What the Steelers did is replaced the Duck and Mason with Big Ben. And I understand why for a lot of people that is a massive upgrade. But 38-year-old, bearded or not bearded, Big Ben coming off a major injury, I'm not certain how drastic of an upgrade it is. And I want to just reiterate the point on the weapons. Put the weapons of the Browns up against the weapons of the Steelers. Is there a single skill position guy on the Steelers we are certain would start for the Browns? Their best player on the skill position guy is Juju. He's not as good as Odell, and is he better than Jarvis? It's a coin flip. I mean, what side do you take? Their tight end it was not better than Austin Hooper. Vance McDonald, pardon me, is not better than Austin Hooper. And I don't know if James Conner is better than either of the Browns running backs in Chubb or Kareem Hunt. So I just don't think Ben's going to have the full weaponry he would need on that side of the football wilds. And I think the Browns are a better team. I think Pittsburgh is 8-8 eight and eight once again. I thought also, Nick, what you said about the Steelers' backups and back to the first segment we did, if Cam ends up in Pittsburgh, then you've got a lot of health insurance for yeah. Big Ben there. And just to Greg's point, Greg, your beard and Ben Roethlisberger's beard are two vastly different things. And as everyone knows, Greg is training to become Mr. Olympia All-Natural or Mr. World, or I believe it's a Mr. Universe. It's one of those combination titles. And we all know it's a scientific fact, Greg. You weren't on the show when the, I said this. When anyone gets a haircut or a beard trim, you immediately get stronger. It is a fact. You just, you get, you're in the barber chair like, wow, all of a sudden I'm much stronger. And it's a fact. In the bodybuilding world, so as you, once you enter your Mr. Olympia competition, you're going to get a fresh haircut and look even better. Hey, hey Greg, as much as I want to keep watching that video because I can analyze and overanalyze and psychoanalyze it, 
What do you make of what Nick had to uh -oh. say? Wh whose team would you put up there if you had to pick the second team in the division, the Browns or the Steelers? Yeah, I, I mean, I like the Browns. I like what they've assembled. I like the fact that they have now Kevin Stefanski. I think that that offense will look a lot different. Um, but for me, where where I start to question is at the most important position, which is Baker Mayfield. I know he has the talent. I know he has the potential, but I need to see it manifest. I need to see it translate into wins and consistency on the football field, and we just have not seen that. I know what I could get from Ben Roethlisberger, 38 or not. I know he makes the Pittsburgh Steelers a much more viable and better team looking at them from now versus last year when they didn't have him on the roster so or or on the field. So I don't I, I get it. Optically, yes, the Cleveland Browns look great and exciting and like they're the next big thing that make the leap, but they haven't done it. You have to learn how to win and I just don't know if they are quite there yet. Here's the issue, though, for the Steelers, and then I'll get to the Browns, is, listen, their quarterback situation last year was a disaster, but they knew that, and they operated their game plan accordingly. They were trying to beat you 16-14. to 14. I don't know if Ben Roethlisberger is signing up for that style of play. Ben, prior to the injury, was a wildly turnover-prone quarterback, or I think the Second most turnovers to Jameis of any quarterback in the previous four or five seasons. Thereabouts, it was Jameis, Phillip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger. What do two of those guys have in common? Aging gunslingers whose arms maybe aren't once what they once were. And I want to be very clear on this. I would be shocked if at the end of the season, Ben Roethlisberger had a better year than Baker Mayfield. If, ben, if Baker Mayfield this year is not at the very least the second-best quarterback in his own division, then the Browns picked the wrong guy. If Baker, with the new head coach, with those weapons, with the humbling season he just had, if he can't have a not just a bounce-back year, bounce-back from the depths, but a legitimate Pro Bowl, if not better, caliber season, then the Browns are going to be in the quarterback business and there's going to be the same old Browns again. So I, I, it, it's not only that I'm, you know, shorting Ben Roethlisberger's stock. I'm also still holding on to my Baker Mayfield stock, which, you know, dipped precipitously over the last year. I don't think he's cooked. I think he had a bad season with a terrible coaching staff, and I expect the Browns and Baker to be far better next year, Jenna. Back here at First Things First, it's time now for stories to start your morning. Our friends over at Fox Bet have friend of the show Kevin Harvick as the favorite to win tomorrow at Darlington. He became friend of the show by joining us here on First Things First on Friday and then going out and winning at Darlington on Sunday. Nick, a lot of synergy, good vibes here. You think he can go out and do this again tomorrow? Uh, I know in the spirit of the show, in the spirit of the first things first bump, all these things, I'm supposed to say yes, but everything gets trumped by take integrity and by this amazing gambling hot streak I'm on giving out picks on the show. America, I know what you want to do. You want to take the money you made going with the Super Six with me and then put it on Secretary in that virtual race with me and then put it on Kevin Harvick 
and you want to roll it over on Kevin Harvick tomorrow. Don't do that. Save your money, America. Pick a better spot. Kevin Harvick winning two races in four days. He's already first in points. He's at a top 10 in every single race this year. I, I think he's due for a bit of a letdown, America. I would be pleasantly surprised if I'm wrong, but save your money. I don't think he's going to go back to back. Hate to say it, but take integrity demands. I give America the honest truth, Wilds. Wow. Okay. The take integrity is, of course, the bedrock that this show is built upon. But the first things first bump is real. Yeah. And, Greg, I think what we're running into now is how long the first things first bounce lasts. Is it just you come on and then you win the race or does it last for your entire career? I think that's what Nick is experimenting right now. So we're trying to figure it out. For you specifically, Greg, you are also a part of the First Things First Bounce. So when you have your Mr. Olympia competition, you will most likely win that and 100% positive. <laughs> I'll take those odds on the back end for sure. But I, I like Kevin Harvick. I, I, I'm a Kyle Busch fan, so I'm I'm going to side with Nick here. I'm not going to oh. I'm not going to put all my money in the Kevin Harvick uh, bucket. But if he does win, congrats! Awesome, that would be awesome. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to say it's not going to happen because obviously there is, there is the potential of it definitely happening. And that would be great for Kevin Harvey. But I'm a Kyle yeah, Busch guy, so let's nice. go, Kyle. I love wow. it. I think I that, that first things first thing is real. Uh, I joined the show three years ago. I've never had a bad day. I say go, Kevin Harvey. On to some hoops now, where Utah Jazz forward Boyan Bogdanovich will undergo season-ending wrist surgery. So, Nick, assuming the NBA season resumes at some point in the near future, how serious is this injury for the Utah Jazz? Oh, it's, it's, it ends whatever title hopes they had, but they knew they didn't have any title hopes, which is why they're doing this surgery now. I'm sure what their thought process was pre-pandemic was he'll play through the injury as soon as the season ends, have the surgery, and be ready for next season. But now that the season has been halted and we don't know when the offseason is actually going to be, waiting for the surgery could jeopardize the beginning of next season. So I think it's smart by the Jazz, but it also makes their first round opponent, if the bracket stays the way it is, I think it'd be the Thunder. I'm sure they're excited about it. And I'm sure the Jazz also knew if they were to win in the first round, They'd have the Lakers coming at him in round two, so their season went into there anyway. So I think it's a smart move by the Jazz, but it's unfortunate for their big offseason acquisition, who's been having a tremendous year. I think he and Chris Milton, Wilds, the only 50, 40, 90 guys on that volume of shooting thus far in the NBA this season. Yeah, I'm bummed out for the Jazz. Um, we know they've got their chemistry issues with Rudy Gobert and Donovan, but I think this is a, a big win for the Thunder if they're play, playing a de depleted team. I think Chris Paul gets out of the first round and then becomes a Nick next year. Oh. Yeah, it, this is definitely a tough spot for the Jazz. <laughs> Obviously, last dance and Donovan Mitchell and his tweet about Jazz Nation, like, just hold on. Well, they're going to have to hold on even more now because with a guy that you, Bodan Bodanovich, he's averaging 20 points, shooting 40% from the three-point three point strike line. Like, you can't replace that if the season is to continue. So uh, they, I mean, they're going to have to hold on for quite some time. All right, let's dive back into some football now. The Colts signed 38-year-old 
free agent quarterback Philip Rivers to a one-year deal this offseason, but head coach Frank Reich, Frank Reich expects Rivers to play beyond the 2020 season. I don't know, perhaps sign him to say more than one season then. Greg, how much do you think Rivers got left in the tank? I think he has this year left because he's under this contract. I mean, it, it, he can continue to play, but he's not going to get better. I, I don't see that happening. You, He's had his best years already, and so now you're just hoping that he, he strikes lightning in a bottle, and I don't think that's going to happen when you, when you see the resume that he has built, and it's been based on turnovers. Like, he has not eliminated that one aspect of his game. And typically what happens to older, smarter, savvier quarterbacks is that they start to shave off in that area, and he does not. So I don't think he continues to play after this year. You know what I like about this, Nick? And I feel like the NFL is splitting into two camps. You've got one camp that says, like, we're rebuilding. We've got these quarterbacks coming up. And you've got the other camp, like, we're trying to win now. We've got Phillip Rivers, and if it goes well, we're going to try to run it back with him next year because he's the best guy that is available. So I like it. Can he do it? I don't know. But I like the Colts mentality of, like, we're here to win. We're not here to develop players. Well, I agree with you that I like teams that go for it, especially when you're in a winnable division. I totally disagree with the Colts' methodology in signing a washed-up Phillip Rivers. And spoiler alert for Frank Wright. That's you know who doesn't think he can play multiple years? Phillip Rivers, who has already taken his post-football job. He's already announced he's going to be the head coach at, let me get the school right, St. Michael Catholic High School in Fairhope, Alabama. He's announced it. We know what he's doing. Phillip Rivers signed two contracts this offseason, <laughs> one with the Colts for $25 million, and a week later with this high school in Alabama where I think his interests actually lie. So he's going to collect this, you know, this $1.7 million a week from the Colts right now en route to buying, what can you get with $25 million in Fairhope, Alabama? I would assume the entire township. And Everything. so he's going to move down there and coach that team. He does not expect to be with the Colts for multiple seasons, Jenna. Take that, Frank Reich. All right, on to the Kansas City Chiefs now, where apparently winning a Super Bowl isn't enough. Their star wide receiver, Tyree Kill, saying, quote, I feel like this is going to be a crazy year for me. Greg, you expect big things out of Tyree Kill this season? Of course. <laughs> Shoot. If he can play all 16 games, I mean, I don't know what his numbers are going to look like, but they're going to be something special. Uh, obviously, given the quarterback that he has, the talent that's around him, you can't just focus on him defensively because they have an array of perimeter guys that can beat you. So uh, this team is just flat out scary, and he is one of the number one reasons why. Yeah, see, Jenna, sometimes we put questions in the show just because Nick gets so fired up and the rest of us have to just put on our helmets and wait for Nick to hit us with a barrage of adjectives on how amazing the Chiefs are going to be. <laughs> yes, Tyreek Hill is going to be great. I, it would have been far more interesting for the show, for me personally, if Tyreek Hill says, you know what, pedestrian year for me this year. I think I'm going to take it, take it back a step. I'll be honest with you. Tyreek Hill's not feeling great. Well, <laughs> take it down a notch. It didn't happen. Go ahead. Yesterday in year. 
Here's the problem, Wilds. Tyreek Hill tried that last year, having the pedestrian year. Had less than 1,000 yards, got dinged up. I think, what did he have, seven touchdowns on the season? And because of that, all the Chiefs were able to do was win the Super Bowl. And so this year, healthy, with somehow they brought Sammy Watkins back. They had Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Now there's a concern about are there enough footballs to go around. But yeah, I, I would expect, and I don't want to overstate it, I would expect Tyree Kill to threaten for 2,000 yards receiving. Threaten it. That's all. Oh. You don't want to overstate wow. it? All right, then. No, no, he's <laughs> just threatening. It. Just touching upon it. All right, on to some big Hollywood no. news, gentlemen. LeBron James is reportedly set to produce a Netflix movie starring Adam Sandler called Hustle. But wait, there's more. We're hearing that Spike Lee and Ray Allen are in early talks with Zion Williamson to star in a He Got Game sequel. Shockingly, Nick, unlike the volleyball movie with Tom Hanks, I actually saw He Got Game. I was super excited to hear that. Uh, Nick, which one of these two projects would you be more excited about? What's the volleyball movie? Do you mean Top Gun that had a volleyball scene? What's no. the volleyball movie with... No, the volleyball movie. Oh, he's not talking, Tom what Cruise. is it called? Oh, the volleyball oh, movie. Castaway. Castaway. Did I say... I thought you Wait, meant Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. You meant yeah. Tom Hanks. You think Castaway is a volleyball movie? You gave me a mistake. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, never mind. Yeah, but you thought I meant okay. Tom Cruise right. with my Tom apologies. Hanks? Who made the bigger I, mistake? Yeah, my, okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I screwed up. You're right. You're totally right. I I, I have to eat that. Thank I you. messed up. But the fact that you think Castaway is a volleyball movie, I mean, it is It is on a beach. Yeah. I guess you have that going for you. I'm more excited yeah. for the He Got Game sequel. I want to know if Rosario Dawson's going to be in it like she was in the first one. Underrated role in that first one. Ray Allen, one of the best athlete acting performances we've ever seen. And by the way, real quick, shout out to Adam Sandler, who continues to be as good of a businessman as anyone in Hollywood and proved with uncut gems. He's an Oscar-caliber actor, even though he got snubbed. So I actually like both these stories, Wilds. And he's a great basketball player. The Adam Sandler, I, I've got an idea. Adam Sandler in He Got Game. You combine these two projects, and Adam Sandler's sort of this washed-up guy that goes to a local uh, L.A. fitness and just dominates with a... Look at this pass! This is the best pass of Adam Sandler's career, Greg. I'm excited for both of these movies. I'm excited for both as well. I would love to see the sequel of He Got Game. It was a great movie, period. Yeah, the first one was good too, Greg. I liked it. I saw it. Let's end with some boxing. Here we go. Former two-time heavyweight champ and current 48-year-old Shannon Briggs has announced he'll be the one to fight 53-year-old Mike Tyson, his comeback. Uh, look, guys, I love the idea. But as the only woman on the show... I'm sorry, I worry about these guys getting hurt at that age. You just, you have to have concerns. But Nick, let's take it from a sports standpoint, who you got? Well, if there's anyone that knows what it feels like to be 48, Jenna, it's you, so I understand the concern. But hey, Shannon okay. Briggs, let's put Hilarious. some respect on his name. Up. The guy hasn't lost since 2010. Now, he hasn't fought since 2016. But you know what Lennox Lewis said about Shannon Briggs? <laughs> Fastest hands and most power he's ever gone against. 
Everyone's all in on Tyson on this. I got to tell you, Wilds, that money we're saving by not betting on Harvick. If this fight happens, Shannon Briggs, I'm maybe that'll plus 300. Just keep it in mind, Jenna. Just keep it in mind. We no. got to go. See you tomorrow.